Hello, I'm Ruth on Unleash Your Goddess. Today we chat with a very brave lady. It took a lot of guts for her to find her voice to tell her story today. We go through a roller coaster of emotions as we chat about alcoholism, first with her mum, then herself later on, and her journey to sobriety. A big warm welcome to Lane Ellen J. Waterhouse. Thank you for being so brave today. Lane opens up about her mental health and her complete breakdown and how she found the tools within to overcome and now lives an authentic life. Let's jump straight in and hear from Lane Ellen Waterhouse. So what message do you want to tell the listeners through telling your story today? Really about how I've got to where I am today from a very young age in a dysfunctional family to being happy in myself, in my own skin, how I've got there, the help I've had along the way, my story. I hope that it would help you, you know, if it touches somebody else and they remember part of it and it helps them in some way to live a happier, yes. more and content life, then, yeah, that's, that's what I want. That's all we ask for today is just that something to help. If it helps even that one person, then it's worth it. I know it helps so many other ladies. And it's a pleasure to have you on today. And I'm really looking forward to, to hearing about your story, what tools you use to get through and where you are today, which is exciting. You said biggest influences was your nan and your dad. Could you tell us more about that? He was funny. He was exciting. He was uh, everything a dad should be for their children, but he had a different side. He was Jekyll and Hyde. And, uh, yeah, so there was the other side where you didn't mess him around or you suffered the consequences. He was abusive physically, mentally, and uh, he could be. So he could switch between the two. So that was, yeah, that was difficult growing up because we had some wonderful times with him. Yeah. But we also had, you know, very dodgy times that children shouldn't go through. They wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't look at a family nowadays who was, their children were going through what we went through. What age did you realise that it was a wrong behaviour, that the way he was treating you? been about six yeah yeah he was yeah we were in tears at the dinner table when we didn't eat all our food because we had to sit there until we finished every bit that's just one one instance yeah if we argued with him at the dinner table we would wear our food an explosive temper but on the other hand you know he was he could be kind loving yeah, completely the opposite. So yeah. very young when I realised that it wasn't right to treat people in that way. Yeah. Especially your own children. He would always make up for it, make us feel loved again at the right times. Yeah. So my nan was kind, never heard her say anything bad about anybody. Oh. Yeah, she was a big influence. Yeah. I know you said to me you hated your parents' false lifestyle, so you rebelled against that. Yeah. My dad was a very good businessman, very good at earning money. Yeah. So he was a used car dealer. He had stations and showrooms and fog courts and etc. We went to private schools, two or three foreign holidays a year. We didn't lack for anything. We had a big house. They had big cars, mum and dad each. 
this is going back into the late 60s. Yes. I can see now causing horrendous problems for them and my parents. But at the time, their lifestyle, I felt, I feel now and have done was a false fake lifestyle on the outside because mum became an alcoholic. Dad went into a hospital um, with heart problems in his 30s. Uh, she started drinking all around the same time as I started going to the secondary school, but they never told anybody. They kept up the pretense. Yeah. Because of that, mum was trying to run his business, look after the kids all those things and she couldn't keep on top of it and she started drinking they started to lose money they were under threat of losing everything that must have been hard with your mum seeing her become an alcoholic how did you feel overwhelmed really because there were three of us children I didn't understand what was going on at the time all I understood really was that mum was drinking where she never had beforehand she didn't even like her hated it absolutely hated it yeah that is what I wanted to get away from yeah that's the fake part that I could see wasn't for me yeah Um, did your mum get help with the alcohol did she get help she didn't drink for an awfully long time okay for about five years in total yeah um but it escalated. What advice would you give for someone whose parent is an alcoholic at this time? Looking back, my dad didn't deal with it well uh, at that time until my nan found out about Alcoholics Anonymous. He got me helping to empty bottles, filling them up with cold tea, marking the bottles. Oh. I think he was floundering. Yeah. Didn't know what to do to help. He included me in that. Didn't really understand what was going on at that time. No. Back then, there was no help for you because nowadays they help the children counselling and that sort of thing. But back then, there was nothing. You grew up no. very quick. Yes, I yeah. did too quick. Yeah, mum went to the GP, local GP, with my nan. My mum's dad had been an alcoholic, so my nan had seen it all previously. Yeah, she's obviously she could see what was going on because um, my mum's dad had died at thirty nine. Wow, throughout. Yeah, so they went to the local GP who was Irish. Going back, this is late sixties, early seventies, and. Not many women were being recognised as alcoholics then. Yeah. Definitely thought of as a man's problem. Yeah. The doctor said to her, what is your problem? And she said, well, I'm drinking too much. I can't function properly without a drink. No, I, I want to stop. And he said to her, what do you drink? And she said, whiskey. And he said, try wine. And off she went. And oh, no. uh, green light then to, um, you know, to go on. To drink more. Yeah. When she couldn't cope and she couldn't look after us and she'd got so that she was drinking at five o'clock in the morning before taking us to school in the morning. Yeah. My nan found the Alcoholics Anonymous for her and got in touch with them. That was how she stopped. Oh, that's lovely. I just want to ask at this point, let's talk about, so let's talk about a happy childhood memory you had with your mum and dad. You used horse riding with my dad, play tennis, go bowling, South End, seafront on the pier. Oh, lovely. With mum and dad on holidays in uh, Guernsey. Happy times. So you've been married over 40 years. Congratulations. What's your secret to a successful marriage? You have to accept 
that they are the person that they are. Yes. And not try and make them be somebody else. And yeah. Let them, let them be. I had trouble with that for many, many years. We That brought up so many problems over the years. We've had a rocky time on and off, but we've had wonderful times too. We're still together. I feel we're meant to be together. Yeah. I only learned the acceptance part really through being in Al-Anon because Al-Anon is the fellowship for people who live or have relationships with other alcoholics. It helped me so much to learn about not just living with other alcoholics but learning to accept myself and learning to accept other people as they are and learning that it's not my place to try and change somebody else. Yes, and that yeah. Myself to accept the situation around me or do something about it rather than stay in something that isn't right for me. Yeah. Um, what age did you realise that you had a problem with drink? No, I wouldn't admit to myself I had a problem until I was in my late 40s but I must have known psychologically I had a problem because I can remember asking my mum for help when I was drunk and I'd been carried home at 17 years old I started drinking at 14 or 15 yeah the blackout more or less immediately looking back it was a problem from the beginning in the way that it affected me but and the consequences I got from it. But at the time, I just thought it was fantastic. I was having fun. If I couldn't remember what I did the night before, it must have been a good night. Yeah. Um, a lot of my friends behaved the same, although I must say probably not quite as bad as yeah. me at times. Yeah. The night holding down, I didn't care. Wait until I felt better and I'd do it all again. Yeah. In my 50s. I was still doing those things and uh, I realised that it just, I couldn't go on like that. My family couldn't go on. No. Could. I was still behaving like a 15-year-old at 15. And you've I been sober 11 years. How badly I, the drink affected me until I went into recovery and the 12-step programme. And yeah. I did work on myself looking at my past the longer I've been sober, the longer I've been able to see, in retrospect, how I was behaving under the influence of alcohol. And uh, But you're a totally different person to what you was back then. Completely, yeah. Would you that say was, it's been the best thing you've done, was getting that help? Because yeah. if I didn't get that help, oh, I'm sure I wouldn't be here now. We're now going to talk about when you had your two children and how you got through postnatal depression that you had. Could you tell us a, a, a bit more about that and obviously hearing your story, but also someone who's going through that now. They've had a child, they've got postnatal depression, but they don't realise it's postnatal depression. What advice would you give to them? I thought it was grief. I, I was living with my husband's family at the time. We both were because we were building our own house. We'd gone to live with them while we'd sold our house and we were having the new house built. My husband and his dad were building it. 
So I was in an unfamiliar situation with a new baby. You know, it was a very difficult time. I just assumed that the way I was feeling was being caused by everything being topsy-turvy at the time. And the midwife had said, don't be surprised if you feel a bit tearful and upset for a few days afterwards, you know, post-baby blues. I didn't get help for a while. I can remember feeling so isolated and alone, even though I was surrounded by people. Yeah. Um, first time, mum, no idea what to do with this little baby, really. My mother-in-law kept taking him off me to try and help, um, which I felt was interference. It was it was hard, but eventually I thought, I'm going to have to go to see somebody about yeah. this so bad yeah see our local GP who was very good at the time he was an old-fashioned doctor and he'd known me through childhood he knew it wasn't like me to be like this yes yeah yeah I took the antidepressants and uh, anyway I did tell my husband what the doctor had said and that I think that helped just being able to have somebody tell me that I was I wasn't abnormal yeah it's quite normal but it was something that I was going to get over it was fixable yes for the next few weeks I started to feel lighter oh good I did recover with your second child you obviously knew what it was because it happened again but for some reason it didn't help although maybe I didn't have it as bad I still got depression afterwards but I was forearmed and I knew what it was this time I tried to get help from the health visitor who hadn't actually got children of her own and it was difficult to talk to her because she had never been through anything like it and yeah. so couldn't identify with what I was trying to tell her. Um, so I didn't find the health visitor very helpful at that time. I went to the doctors and sorted out. You're a strong lady, you know that. You're amazing. Something in me that fights, yeah, yes. definitely. You're a survivor. I'm going to move on and talk about you had psychosis and a breakdown, and obviously you were bringing up your children and a husband to look after. We won't go into details. I want to do the highlights of that, and but mainly how you got through that and what tools you used to start your recovery. Okay, that was the next hardest thing I've been, apart from going through walking into the doors of AA was haunting the psychosis was where I was out of touch with reality ended up with a suicide attempt total loss of myself didn't know what I was doing what was going on cut a long story short I was hospitalized yeah in a mental health hospital for not too long only just over a week but during that time they got me onto some medication that would help me because I've quite obviously got something with the depression depressive episodes sort of between having children after having children some I've needed help with some I haven't I've been able to help myself with exercise and things like that you know with this was so brought me down so low I mm. needed helps and it took a couple of years before I began to feel that I was getting my inner self back again that helps doesn't it walking nature yeah yeah I don't know how many miles I walked but it was a good therapy yes yeah family were really helped in 
in any way they could. But the only person who could actually work together was going to be me, my mental health. It's been a slow process, but I've learned so much from so many incredible and inspiring people along the way. And that's great for our listeners that they can hear what you've been through and you've come out the other side and look at you today. For them to just keep going, don't give up. What message would you say to somebody when you was in the throes of it and you were feeling suicidal? There's listeners that are listening today that are feeling like that. What message would you want to give them right now? Phone, AA, anybody, yeah. your friends, your, your partner, anybody who is a safe person to talk to, maybe even somebody that you know who has been through a similar thing. There are helplines available, there's crisis teams available in the, the NHS. Go to AE, talk, you know, just talk, get it out. Don't keep it inside because we are our thoughts. And if you think destructively, it will destroy you. Yes, yeah. I think sometimes that's hard to step out and ask for help and to talk. Quite often we're private people, aren't we? Until I was in the hospital and I'd taken the overdose, gone to a hospital, and they said to me, I'll get you a psychiatric assessment. And that was the beginning. You know, I didn't talk. Now, looking back, that's the best. And no matter how hard it is, reach out for someone. Yeah, that's a powerful message. So six years ago, the loss of your mum, your mum passing, we don't have to go into it. Just what got you through? That was really a difficult time to get through. I hadn't had much of a relationship with my mum in the last couple of years before she passed because our relationship had got very toxic. To me, I felt I needed to detach with compassion and love, take a step back from the relationship. Did go to hospital in the last couple of days. We made amends. Now you said to me, it's scientifically thought we have ancient DNA memory, yet people have been pigeonholed and told they're mentally unstable. Can you explain more about that, about the DNA memory? DNA memories. So it's like an animal's instinct. We're animals as much as our pets are. Yeah. We're different variety. We're human animals. And so like their instincts, we have instincts. Now, I feel that is our human DNA memories, like a cat or a dog will flee in fear, especially like a cat. They're not so domesticated um, as dogs in most ways. So they've still got a very primal instinct of fight, fight or flight. Yes. And I feel that's like they're in their DNA memory, if that makes sense. Yes. So uh, I feel that like things we learn, like my spirituality, the pagan way of life that I follow um, and my husband follows is, is within the brain. There is so much in our brain that we, nobody knows how it works yet. Yeah, that makes sense. My spiritual I feel is part of my ancestral memories. Yeah. That particular piece of music or there's something in there that brings back something deep, deep behind us. And you can feel it connect, can't you? You talked about developing your personality. Can you tell us more, please, like how your religion has made you a whole person? You're now happy in your own skin. You don't people please anymore. You don't have to be everything to everybody. How did you get to this point? What journey did you go through to get there? I've had one-to-one CBT therapy. Also, being in AA has helped with that tremendously because they follow the 12-step program and going through that 
you know, I'm never finished with it. It's a lifelong program. I'm looking at myself and it's made me grow up in AA. I think that doing the 12-step program, when I, I went into AA, I was still 15-year-old who had never grown up mentally, yeah. emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. It's a spiritual program in AA as well as the physical. And it's not a religious program. Yes. So, yeah. And that, I thought, yeah, that can be anything that you want it to be. And yeah. I already had a practice when I went into AA, but it strengthened it. Um, learning more about spirituality, learn, and it's deepened my interest and my belief. Yeah, all the all the things combined, the therapy, the the AA, what I've learned in there. Those pagan organisations have come to light. Friends I've made in those organisations have led me on other paths and opened up new directions for me. Made some wonderful friends out of AA because yeah. of AA. Our group's not as it is a bridge to normal living and I'm using it as such. I still am a part of it and always will be, but I've also got a life outside of it. That's and good. friends and beliefs have broadened and I've embracing so much more that they've opened up a life to me. And I don't believe that was put in my path by accident. Yes, yes. It's amazing. What an amazing journey and where you are now. And if you hadn't have got that help, it doesn't bear thinking about where you would be today. It's by stepping out and talking to somebody and getting that help. And today you're you're on you're still still on a journey, but it's healthy and you're becoming a whole person, which is amazing. It's great. This long journey. I yes. Feel. Just wanted to ask about your crafting. What do you make? Um, well, my husband makes woodwork. He makes things out of wood, reclaimed and wood that we've found uh, or people have gifted to us. I make jewellery. The, the crafting is between us. And, oh. and I make things out of things that I've found on the shore, um, beach combing, mudlarking, antler work. Um, like carved antler tines um, made into pendants or necklaces. Have you got a website or a Facebook page? I have, yeah. Can it's, you uh, can you tell us what that is so people can go and look at it? Oggin Shawcraft. That's O G I N Oggin yeah. Shawcraft. And Shaw no as in S H O R E. Yeah. One word, no spaces. Okay. That's, you'll see uh, amazing things that we've been able to do. Oh, I'm going to go have a look. Wouldn't have had, yeah. I hope you enjoy it. Yes. Be able to um, go to markets eventually and display all our things for everybody to look at. Oh, that'd be lovely. Exciting. Okay, so we're going to move into quick fire question. Uh, Tell us a funny joke that makes you laugh. Stones t-shirt on and when I woke up I got no satisfaction. <laughs> I like what are the best resources that have helped you? AA crisis team at the NHS. Oh, just so many along the way. Yeah. What's the thing that people get wrong about you? They think I'm quiet. Actually, I can be exactly the opposite. <laughs> Your favourite meal? Oh, curry. Curry, oh, a good old curry. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been lovely to hear your journey, how you've come through and who you are now, tools that you've used, which has all been within, tapping within. The time has come to end our chat. Sorry about the quality of the recording due to internet problems. I edited it and had to cut a lot out, but I felt it important to release what I had. This was a powerful story that needs to be shared. A big thank you to Lane Ellen again for finding her voice. She's a very brave lady for stepping out into her healing journey. 
We look forward to our next podcast and hearing another outstanding journey. Want to hear more of our podcasts? Go to unleashyourgoddess.co.uk. See you soon.